You're listening to The Block Experience, all things decentralized and open source. Enjoy. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt the podcast here. I just want to say this episode of The Block Experience is brought to you by our first sponsor, PrimeXBT. Whether you're looking to trade some of your favorite cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Ethereum and Litecoin, or even venture into other markets, PrimeXBT always has you covered. PrimeXBT offers traders access to a large variety of markets including cryptocurrencies, stock indices, commodities and even forex pairs, and also have some incredible features such as anonymous accounting, Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals, industry leading security and even the ability to offer 1000 times leverage. I've personally been using PrimeXPT for my trading uh, for the past few months and have had a great experience using the platform, uh, also using the platform's customer service. So I'm really proud that they're supporting this episode of the podcast, uh, bringing you guys uh, free podcasts every week. A link to the services PrimeXPT provide will be below, also a link to sign up to a new account. Uh, so thanks again, PrimeXPT, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Um, and yeah, I hope you continue and like the podcast. Enjoy. Hey everybody, just before this episode starts, I just want to say that this episode with Token Bryce is his personal views and opinions. Um, this episode isn't associated directly with Monolith themselves. And uh, Token Bryce isn't speaking from a standpoint where he is a community lead for Monolith. This is more of him as a person, um, how he got interested in the space. There is some um, context and some talk about Monolith. But this episode is more of his personal views on, on the space in general. And I just wanted to have a quick chat with him because um, he's someone who I think is pretty cool in the space. And we've been talking for a long time now. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> before we dive into things, do you want to just quickly um, just give us a background on you yourself and maybe uh, how you originally got interested in cryptocurrency and blockchain? Wow. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So, like the, the uh, honest response to this is, I came to it more through Ethereum. Actually, I was mostly unconvinced by Bitcoin, sadly. Uh, and um, what what really got me in is is seeing it as a as a way to solve um, what I see as one of the recurring issue we have on on a very like macro scale today, uh, which is essentially the inability to coordinate efficiently at scale. Uh, and I know it's very vague, but um, it's really, you know, like pretty much every project starts with an intention. And then, you know, we set a structure and then it drifts from here in the real world. And I found like the tools that are, we are, we are uh, building on Ethereum now uh, are all addressing like progressively one slice of this program, problem uh, until, you know, we're going to reach the state of, uh, or we're going to have uh, um, a suite of tools sufficient to actually like organize uh, uh, very significant operations in a decentralized manner. Yeah, I completely agree. And a lot of people I speak to just say that they originally find this out, find themselves getting into the space due to Bitcoin. Obviously, that's like the first thing they find. How did you originally find out about Ethereum, or like who 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 told you about Ethereum originally? So um, I, I I've got a few heads up on Bitcoin. But I, I just kind of kept kept from a distance, uh, and and only uh, yeah I think it was 2017 or something like that. 
I started, I think it was through Reddit because I was still following, you know, maybe uh, Bitcoin or something like that back yeah. then. Uh, and and, and uh, I was hearing more and more about Ethereum. And so I started digging through that. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people like when they find out about Bitcoin and then they start to dig into the space a little bit more and they find out the potential that Ethereum has and like what it could do and like how it expands on Bitcoin. A lot of people, um, a lot of people start like changing like over to Ethereum um, just due to like how much it can like provide value to the space, you know? Yeah, there is a there is actually like a, a visual note to put on this very feeling. I feel I don't know if you've seen um, a few days ago uh, a guy called Adam. Uh, I'm gonna butcher his name, Koshram, something like that, mm. on Twitter. He made an, an insane tweet storm of like a uh, hundred and eight oh, wow. uh, tweets. Um, and essentially, what he did is uh, he analyzed manually. The top 10k, uh, no, not top 10k, but like 10k Ethereum wallet. Yeah, the top 10k, sorry, the top 10k uh, Ethereum uh, wallet. Wow. And then he drew some comparisons, and there was this graph where you could see the the. Um, oh, I'm gonna send it to you. I'm I'm just scrolling to find it again. Yeah. Where essentially he mapped uh, on on one side, you could see like the share of ETH that was moving over uh, over the last year yeah. versus the share of Bitcoin. And you know what they were doing? Like, was it just moving or was it locked in a DeFi thing or something like that? And essentially, it really shows you that, you know, Bitcoin is not doing much. <laughs> Versus with ETH, you have a, a tremendous level of activity. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm yeah, you can send it over and I'll put it on the screen um, after. Uh, do you want to yeah. also go over um, a little bit about Monolith and uh, your current role um, at them? Yeah, sure. So I, I overlooked this a bit. Uh, so I joined Monolith about a, a year ago uh, as a, a community person. Uh, and the main goal back then was to um, to essentially be the, 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 the main uh, person interacting with the outside, uh, yeah. both uh, online and offline. So, you know, uh, on Reddit, on Telegram, blog posts, uh, uh, helping with the, the support and things like that. Uh, it's it's a bit hard to answer no actually because I'm a bit like kind of evolving from within, where uh, if we want to be honest, no, I'm doing a bit. Uh, I'm going more on the product side, okay. uh, but you know, really from the inside of of what I get, you know, on on, on the community and and my own insight because I'm 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 quite a heavy uh, a DeFi user yeah. and I try pretty much everything there is out there. Uh, that is, that is, you know, at least like you know, non-custodial investors, um, and so I'm, I'm starting to have a decent idea of of what's a good experience, and uh, uh, I can inform a, a bit more the product development. And this is a bit, uh, yeah, what I'm focusing focusing on right now is trying to find, you know, uh, a good way to to do this change. Amazing. <laughs> and what what type of um, like type of services does Monolith currently provide for DeFi, um, like DeFi services? Yeah, of course. So uh, the the very base service we we described in our, in a white paper uh, two years ago and, and and we delivered on is uh, is essentially uh, made on two pillars. Uh, the first one is uh, a, a usable and secure uh, mobile Ethereum wallet, uh, and so for that we developed our own contract wallet, um, a bit like the Gnosis Safe or or, or the Argent wallet for for the, the people who've heard about them. Uh, but the really interesting part is uh, the wallet is paired with a, a Visa debit card, 
uh, and right now you can uh, switch from the wallet to the card. So uh, set a, a crypto for a, a, a pound or euro balance in uh, in about like 30 or 40 seconds, you know, a few block confirmation mm. and, and you're set and, and you can spend your DAI or your USDC in the real world. So uh, to close the loop with DeFi, uh, it's pretty much up to you. Uh, like for me, for instance, uh, I use a lot reality. Uh, so for those who don't know, it's uh, essentially it's a tokenized real estate on Ethereum. Yep. Uh, and, and, and you can own share of, uh, uh, of a property. And this property, of course, has people living in, paying rent. And so you get daily a payment uh, that, that is your share of the total rent of the property. Yeah, I've, I've so had anyway. them on the podcast before, actually. How, oh, how, awesome. How do, you find, how do you find their service and how, does, how do you find it on, um, on the monolith, using them? Uh, uh, so right now, for, for reality, it's, it's more about uh, being able to uh, spend your USDC uh, that you get from those rents yep. uh, on your card. So I have some reality tokens in my wallet. And now I have, you know, like a bit of like a buffer USDC balance that is like accruing in my wallet. Yeah. And I can use for my daily spending. It's really nice. Cool. Uh, kind of like... feel like you know it makes like it's 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 also almost a twist on your on your mindset because I feel like some expenses are disappearing <laughs> because they're covered by interest, but you know that's not real. But yeah, <laughs> you have to adjust. Yeah, I like it. Um, so obviously over the past like year we've seen pretty much like crazy parabolic growth in the terms of like DeFi space. Um. What, what do you think? Do you think DeFi is like one of the main use cases for blockchain? And how do you see that like progressing? Because I think it's here to stay, to be honest. And I think over the next three to five years, I think DeFi will be mainly, I think it could be the main use case of blockchain. Um, but what do you think? Uh, <clears throat> I think? I think at this stage, we're getting barely in the zone where we can say uh, we found the first, uh, let's say, product market fit in the blockchain space. And, and that's indeed something around DeFi. Uh, because, you know, this is the first uh, uh, sub-segment, let's say, yep. of the blockchain industry, right. where we've seen uh, some of those technologies actually used in, I want to say that intended uh, way, but, you know, like, you know, to, to create decentralized structures and to try to uh, innovate and provide uh, services that are not necessarily new, but at least the way they're delivered and the way they operate is so radically different from anything uh, that exists in, in, in the regular world that uh, I think there is value just in that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, one thing you mentioned there was like, providing like a service to like people because obviously these services are obviously in the real world with like banks and stuff and onboarding them users into like DeFi services is going to be quite tricky but one thing i see with monolith is that you guys have like a really strong ui and ux and like overall the style of the website and like the cards and everything is so clean i think that's one of the main reasons like one of the way main ways we can push adoption to DeFi is like by usability and like making everything as clean as possible um do you want to just mention a little bit about like maybe uh, the UI and the UX of Monolith and like how you guys structured around that? Uh, definitely, yeah. So 
Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, I think part of our, uh, one of the things we did right, and, and I'm really glad this is, is, is the branding. Yep, and um, and I think it was a part that, that was a bit overlooked by, uh, by many people in the space, because I think it's still very important uh, to understand that uh, overall, we have to deliver something that is, uh, uh, it almost pains me to say it, because it sounds a bit like, you know, marketing, but uh, a lifestyle experience, mm. you know, we have to to essentially wrap those concepts in a in a comprehensive experience um, that that people would be able to get behind and and understand uh, without having to to go in a in, in a heavy research and, and documentation mode because uh, most people don't do that. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I completely agree. But 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 all of this is is pretty prospective uh, at the current stage uh, uh, in terms of you know. Uh, the interface because it's really hard to to, to reach a result where uh, you know uh, the uh, anybody could use it mm. essentially because right now you still have uh, you still have a cast you still have uh, you know all those those concepts that are completely foreign uh, to to an, to an outsider uh, so we're working on uh, on, on all those fronts uh, separately but it's like it, it's it's a very uh, a wide discussion. So to, to kind of give you the scope and maybe you can give me what you want to explore more. Uh, I think the main problem right now would, would, uh, would be, uh, so definitely anything around gas management mm. is, is, a, is a big issue. Uh, you know, uh, people don't really understand it or it's a recurring issue in their, in their utilization of the wallet. That's something we have to, to abstract in a, in a simple, clean, easy and uh, way. But, you know, again, you know, as source of like, no compromise uh, on the base that is not custodial. Um, <clears throat> so that's the first one. But then there is also, I would say at least, uh, the problem of uh, uh, recovery. Uh, so making sure that people can uh, have a security model where the recovery is something they're comfortable with. Uh, because right now we only give them one choice, which is you back up your 12-wall seed phrase. Uh, and, and we understand that this works with you know crypto people but this does not work with a mainstream audience. So we're exploring other options on that front too. Right, and I think we're in that, we're still in that stage where we're like sort of, we're going, but there's a lot of things which need to be like unwrapped and like cleaned up a bit before we really go to like mainstream adoption because we're still in the like development stage, right? And a lot we're going to see a lot of like small issues occur, occur uh, like we've seen with DAO, like in a, a few months ago, we saw that issue um, uh, I think we just need to iron yeah. out these things before we go to the next level, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think, you know, the current uh, the current UI is, is definitely not the best, but it's appropriate to kind of filter and make sure the people we have are at least, you know, a bit knowledgeable about what they, they are doing. Uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like because, yeah... It, 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 it's really, uh, it's really all about making sure you know that the, the user you have uh, is, is actually understanding. Uh, maybe at least not what's happening on every level, but at least the risk they're taking. That would be a, a good beginning, and so that's why we're also um, very careful in adding new DeFi protocol uh, because we don't want to, you know, just like overflow them with DeFi uh, services, and then they don't really know what's happening, and then we find ourselves with a, a flock of users that have open positions all over the place on DeFi and, and get liquidated all over the place and don't really know what's up. 
yeah, I'm not sure if this is like an appropriate question, but how do you think we could sort of get away from, because obviously for like crypto users, like we're used to writing down our 24 like or 12 word, uh, words for our backups. How do you think we could get away with that? Uh, like how do we develop and like get away from that? So like people who have no idea about crypto, because obviously they're not going to want to do that. It seems pr a, a far stretch to imagine everyone who wants to use a wallet has to write down these seed keys. Um, what what type of like options do we have to like, go, or do we have to wait for maybe um, more development in the space before we can get away from it? Uh, that's actually a, a very good question, uh, and and there are like several options. Mm. But uh, maybe on this front, I just uh, I kind of understood something at the personal level, so I I, I figure I could share. Um, is you know we can't really be uh, idealistic about this, and what I mean by that is you cannot expect people to use uh, the solution that you think is best or truest or safest uh, if it's inconvenient. As simple as, they, as that, especially when uh, they kind of have a base expectation that is highly convenient. And I would say the base expectation for most people when they inter interact with uh, services online is you know the uh, email uh, password combo and and they can reset the email and, and these kind of things. Yeah, um, I agree. What? So from here, uh, there are like a few solutions that exist. Right. Uh, so for instance, Argent uses a solution based on uh, on, on, on guardians. Uh, so other people that would confirm uh, uh, and essentially act as second signer uh, for your wallet. That's a way. Uh, uh, you can also, for instance, uh, at least for the recovery, go with a simple kind of timer. Uh, so that would be an approach, you know, uh, akin to the dead, dead man switch. Um, so uh, why essentially uh, using the smart contract wallet, you will set uh, a, a base recovery address and, and then uh, some kind of rules, you know, uh, if my wallet uh, is, is inactive for six months, hasn't made any outgoing transaction for six months, uh, then all the funds are moved to to this address. Yeah, uh, I like that. The problem with that is uh, uh, so it's very good, you know. Uh, in terms of, it's exactly the, the, the it's the prototype of a beautiful idea in terms of, uh, you know, uh, it's it uses Ethereum. It's true to to the essence of everything. I want to say, mm -hmm. but you cannot ask someone who just lost their money, uh, tell them, hey, it's fine, no worries. Everything's going to be okay. Just come back in six months. Yeah. It, it's not okay. You cannot have this in, you know, like, you know, like uh, a commercial application, I want to say. What about uh, like, like sort of like biometric scanners and like fingerprints and like um, face, facial recognition? How, how Maybe that could work, you know? So, uh, yeah, we're kind of exploring a, a third way. And that's why I guess it took us a little bit longer uh, where this would be... Uh, Essentially, we want to just provide options to our users, and we want to have a model that is flexible enough uh, uh, for them to be um, to be comfortable uh, with the security, and even you know uh, maybe an approach that is um, evolutive. So they start with uh, a very basic security, but they don't need that much because it's it's an empty wallet, and then as they they they, they put more funds in there, we nudge them, we tell them about different. Um, ways of securing their wallet that they could use um, to, 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 be, um, to be safer. I think that's Essentially, the, yeah, the uh, range of options uh, we're considering 
So we would go from, from the current, so the, the, the seed, uh, <clears throat> and adding then uh, uh, the option to have a ledger or essentially a hardware wallet as a second signer. Uh, but then, and, and this is where we have something interesting too, um, since uh, we provide the card uh, already, the Visa card, and, and users who get the card are verified with us. They, they have to pass a, um, a KYC procedure. Um, so we would all offer only to users who, who would like it uh, uh, a way to uh, essentially have a, a recovery uh, through uh, us as a second signer. But when I say us, uh, let, me, let me be very careful. Uh, the only thing we would be doing here uh, as monolith would be that uh, would be confirming your identity so that you are indeed who you are because we know your identity because you've been verified with us to get the card. So we essentially a more uh, beginner friendly option uh, for people that are willing to put a little bit more trust. But the cool part is uh, the, the, the way the system is designed is actually really neat. And uh, so I'm not the best person to tell you about this. Uh, you will have to, to interview Misha uh, uh, or CTO. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't think there is uh, much trust uh, involved, much more trust involved in the system. So. Yeah, it's a very interesting topic. Like, you know, we could talk about that for hours. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you. So like we've seen a lot of like Visa cards came out over the last like one to two years. We've had the YRX, like even Coinbase did their own card. Uh, just to summarize, what would you say, um, let's say someone wanted to get a Coinbase card, somebody then wanted to get a Monolith card. What are some of the pros um, of getting a Monolith card over something else in the market currently? Well, uh, the first one uh, to answer this is quite easy because um, to my knowledge, uh, we're still unique yep. in, in our, in our, in our sub-segment, which is uh, providing a non-custodial wallet. Yep. Uh, paired with a Visa debit card, um, so that, that, there is no other provider that, that does this. Uh, but then, yes, there, there are a lot of other cards uh, through custodial providers. Um, and then uh, here, it really depends on the providers. You know, uh, so for Coinbase, uh, the fees, for instance, are still quite excessive um, uh, uh, outside of you know the the, uh, the pure limit of the custody. Um, but I think it's going to become more apparent, you know, over the long run, uh, why it makes sense to use Monolith as we um, we uh, enable more and more features uh, of the contract wallet. So uh, lately, for instance, we we ship we sorry we shipped uh, uh, the swaps uh, through a Dex aggregator straight in the wallet, uh, and already provide like a, an extra level of convenience, uh, you know, and, and all of this is still. Uh, one step away from uh, the real world, if I may, with yeah. the car. Uh, so I think that's what will make the, the, the experience compelling uh, at the end is, you know, each DeFi service we add is, is a bit of a, a multiplicator multipli multipli kind of, uh, adding uh, a bit of feature uh, to the app. Yeah, because I think Coinbase and like other app, like cards like that, which use Visa like YRX, they, they're just payment solutions. Um, which like you, you just put the money in your wallet. You can spend that money in like uh, in normal Visa stores, like a cafe or a shop. But obviously, with Monolith, you've unlocked like you you've got a whole range of DeFi services which are going to keep rolling out over the next few years. So, I think it's pretty transparent. Um, the pros and cons, you know. 
Yeah, and we've got uh, uh, a long-awaited feature uh, that should be rolling out uh, quite shortly now, which is uh, an on-ramp solution and to allow people essentially to uh, purchase uh, crypto from uh, a credit card or a bank account directly in the Monolith wallet. That's cool. <laughs> I like it. Um, so yeah. apart from Monolith, what are the... Um, what are the things you excited to see grow over the next like few years in the, in the general Ethereum or blockchain space? Well, uh, well, I've been working on a on a few other projects on my side too. Uh, just in the DeFi space, uh, my personal angle is really about um, uh, education, I would say, and and making sure we have um, a healthy community structure to onboard new users and make sure. Again, you know, very basic goal, but that they know what they're doing. Right. <laughs> I know it's uh, because uh, uh, I want to say I'm I'm pretty much on the ground uh, on this because you know uh, with my job at, at Monolith I interact with the users a lot, yep. but I also get uh, uh, because I'm quite active in French, for instance. Mm. I, I would sometimes get uh, uh, some users that just reach out to me, and and sometimes I realize you know uh, the level of risk they take before even um, themselves realizing that, you know, they are a bit like underwater and they should go around it and find someone that knows and ask for help. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so one final question, which is a pretty big one, but something which I think a lot of people are talking about currently and I think a lot of people are excited about is obviously Ethereum 2 is going to be rolling out phase zero uh, Q3 of this year, hopefully. Um, how do you think or how... How have you started to like manage like how will Ethereum 2.0 affect Monolith, for example? Um, is that going to be a challenge or is it more of like you can't wait for it to happen? Oh, uh, yeah, I think that's more. It's more of a development question, I know. Exactly, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm a personal lover. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for E2.0. Uh, I think, yeah, uh, in terms of, you know, again, that would be like. Uh, for us, it's yet another feature that we'll be able to provide to, to our users yeah. uh, in terms of what they can do with the assets, uh, because it's really it's gonna uh, it's really creating something that doesn't exist, uh, you know, it, it, outside the uh, the network consideration. I want to say, if you just take it as uh, uh, in terms of value for the user, uh, right now there is no way. Uh, to generate a decent return uh, right. on, on your ease uh, if you're willing to hold it long term. Um, but yeah, this is uh, definitely uh, something that gets me uh, gets me excited. Uh, also, maybe uh, uh, it's discussed a lot on Twitter. I still have to to, to grasp my head around the uh, the, the details and the intricacies of it. But uh, the EIP fifteen fifty nine. That would essentially, you know, uh, burn a bit of ease uh, uh, on, on each transaction. Mm. Uh, makes it really interesting in terms of uh, <laughs> what we can expect for for this year and onward. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting year. Um, obviously, things are a bit crazy in the real world right now, but in terms of like Ethereum, because obviously over the last few years we've seen a lot of competitors like claim to be like better than Ethereum, like things projects like Tron or EOS, obviously. You know, they might have fast transaction yeah. speeds, but they don't have the decentralization of Ethereum at all. And also, like, I think one of the main things which makes Ethereum so amazing is, like, the development community. Um, and, no, and no blockchain can, can like, com compete with the development community on Ethereum. 
Yeah, and I think we're already at a stage where, you know, the, the money legals are real. And sure. uh, I, I get this question sometimes where people are asking me about Spotify and other chains. And essentially, you know, I always start, to me, the, the first block of DeFi is some form of decentralized stablecoin. Mm. Uh, and this is where all other chains fail already. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but no, on Ethereum, you have, three or four more legal blocks on top of this base one uh, in some situations. So that gives you a, a, an idea of, uh, I think, you know, where this is going. And um, I think uh, Vitalik was saying that just a, a few weeks ago already, uh, you know, but it, it's quite clear now that uh, Ethereum is, is a DeFi chain. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so do you want to just quick, give a quick shout out to where people can find you personally or like Twitter, your um, what you're working on and also where people can get more information about monolith um i'll link, put all the links below where people can sign up and stuff but um if you just want to mention anything sure uh, when is this going out uh, actually probably tomorrow wow okay uh <laughs> so i guess uh by then uh on still uh, the best place uh, uh to to find about monolith is on monolith six yz mm. um they will find our app they can follow us on twitter uh monolith underscore web three uh, and for me personally, uh, so by the time this gets out, this is uh, this should be out too. So I'm actually launching uh, an all, my own personal blog. Uh, it's been a long project uh, on Token Bryce XYZ. Um, but yeah, essentially, I've just been writing a while. Uh, it's been like three or four years wow. producing content all over the internet. Uh, and I figured I wanted a place, uh, a single place for it to live. Um, and I did a few cool things too in terms of uh, of privacy uh, uh, on the website, and it's also hosted on the IPFS. So I kind of, you know, <laughs> went all in. <laughs> I love it. 